United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Cult of Corporation, a spinoff from Paul and Andrea of United States of Lead, where we dive into the cult-like following of corporate America. As some of you might know, I, Andrea, live in Wisconsin, and after seeing clips from the most recent debate between Mandela Barnes and Ron Johnson for the Wisconsin Senate race, I felt it was time to take a look at good old Ron because he's one of the people I've noticed that when I talk to people about him, you don't really seem to know a lot about his background. Like my mom, for instance, oh, I thought he was from Kenosha. It's me from, you know, and just, it's this not knowing anything and assuming like with the cop brother, with the Coke brothers, <laughs> it's just secondhand. You're hard thinking that they're from Wisconsin because of how much money they put into Wisconsin politics. Like you just assume, she just assumed they were from Wisconsin. But I do know that his office tried to personally hand fake elector votes to mm-hmm. Vice President Pence. And somehow he's still able to run for re-election, uh, still not understanding how that works. But after looking into his background, Paul, I think you're in for some fun facts. And then after I said that, I think we might have actually briefly touched on this, but I still find it really funny. What's that? <laughs> well, let's dive into it. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Ron Johnson was born in Mankato, Minnesota on April 8th, 1955. Ron's father, Dale, was treasurer for Mankato Brewing Company, and his mother, Jeanette, worked for Life Touch, which we know is the absolute monopoly of school photos. Ruby just had her first school photo, professional school photos done, and I saw Life Touch, and I'm just like, damn, the market that they have on that is atrocious. Breaking in that <laughs> cash. That's a lot of photos, and I know they have backed up. Yeah, it's kind of creepy if you think about it. That's millions and millions of kids. I mean, I can't, I, there's, a, there's a photo of me every single year for 12 years. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool, but also kind of creepy. And like my mom said too, because of course, every shot they gave me, she looks absolutely adorable. There's four that they give. And my mom is like, do not get all of the photos. She's like, I'm telling you this from experience. You're just going to have a bunch of the same photos lying around. She's like, get one that you really like, which I did. But anyways, they are, okay, yeah, all right, sorry, well, his, fascinating. His mom worked for, 
the Amazon of school photos, Life Touch. And Ron attended Edina High School. Wow. So that says a lot. (laughs) Again, most people, including people who vote for him, think he's from Wisconsin. It's not like he, you know, spent his first few years in Minnesota. He was born and raised there and went to the University of Minnesota, just like us in 1977. Not that we went in 1977, but. Right. Well, went to the same college as us. And he got a degree in business and accounting. But biggest takeaway is he did not grow up here. <laughs> okay, so a couple questions. Yeah. One is, if his dad was working in Mankato, mm-hmm. did he commute there? You can't drive that, especially back then. God, no, that's like an hour, right? It's longer. Yeah, I remember going to Mankato for a concert. And I, I mean, I know it was over an hour, but. As with so many of these people, little information. So it took me like six different website spinoffs to find just where his dad worked. Okay. So maybe they moved to Edina when Jeanette got a job at Life Touch. I'm not sure. Because Life Touch is in the suburbs. Uh, so that I, would, could... I imagine. I imagine they're in a larger Touch... metro area than Mankato. Do you remember when Amanda and I won the script writing contest for Halloween? <laughs> And we, we actually, the interviews and uh, table read was at Life Touch at their oh. headquarters. It's absolutely absurd. But it took like maybe 20, 30 minutes to get there. So a little the bit of like that. You ghost girl? Was that, <laughs> is that the? Sorry, but that was a really good concept. And I really uh-huh. think that Adult Swim, even though they just fired a bunch of people or like did layoffs because they can't afford to make content they should still really pick up hollow queens because it is <laughs> i personally think oh no it was was it boo girl it was hey girl boo girl that's right that's but right. what you came up with is brilliant <laughs> and that is the new tagline and i'm gonna text amanda but yeah so we did that table read and what peeved me the most this has nothing to do with ron jets but what peeved me the most <laughs> is that they said it was with professional actors and that yeah 20th century fox would be reading it and it was not all it was cracked up to be, but still a fun experience. We have a recording of the table read. The guy who wrote for Laverne and Shirley said we should be in Hollywood, but didn't want to actually, you know, help us with that. So even though that was part of the part of the supposed deal. But yeah, seriously, though, Halloween's should be made right now, especially with Halloween coming up. Okay, so he attended Edina High School, like we said, and as some of you know, who live in Minnesota, a lot of people refer to Edina, what is it, the let them eat cake suburb, what is it, cake eating we, suburb? We call them the cake eaters. The cake eaters, thank you. And Edina, we often make fun of Edina, saying it stands for every day I need attention, is the other joke that's thrown around. And I've never heard that one, and I love and it. That, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's arguably... In a lot of ways, the worst place in Minnesota. It was started as a golfing community. It was a gated golfing community that was a sun sense. that was a sundown town. You were not. We were not. I was not allowed there after sundown. So, at what point did that change legally? And at what point did that change culturally? You know, like that'd be it, interesting to look into. Well, there are people who do that, and it's like. Oh. They haven't. I mean, actually, at the University of Minnesota, 
full disclosure, my mom lives in Edina in a... Yeah, this is a generalization. My, so does my sister. <laughs> I love the acronym. Had, That's my favorite. Not um, everyone meshes with that city. No. I think, I, and I think for good reason. This is, I find interesting too. So it says he attended Edina High School, but skipped his senior year. No context of the whole skipping a senior year. And then he graduates from the University of Minnesota in 1997, or I'm sorry, in 1977 with a good degree in business and accounting. Okay. And then he started his own business, worked his way from the ground up, and became one of the richest senators in the United States. JK, LOL. Of course he didn't. <laughs> that was my joke. Yeah, I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> really? That's uh, kind of admirable, I guess. Oh, wait. No, of course you he didn't. You were fooling me. You fooled me. <laughs> so... <laughs> He met his wife, Jane, while he was at the University of Minnesota. And Jane is from Wisconsin. In 1979, two years after graduating, he moved to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, with his wife, Jane. And there, he worked for his wife's family's plastic company. And as I said earlier, there's a lot of people under the assumption that he was born and raised here. But he married the daughter of a Wisconsin plastics billionaire and then moved to Wisconsin and was handed a job to work for that company. But Ron Johnson has this mythology of being the working class man, and he's not. He never has been. That's the most important part. He talks about how he had a job on his uncle's farm. Oh, did you do that for like a summer, Ron? You know what I mean? Like things like yeah. that where it's just it's just all this illusion, and I'm just so tired of it. So did Mandela Barnes, did he say the I do? Was that? Yes. Is that in here? I'm sorry. Oh, it's not, but that was a good burn, man. I've been very unoptimistic about... You've been pessimistic? I have been pessimistic. That's what it is. That's the word I was looking I've for. noticed. About, well, you know, prove me I'm wrong. Let's see. <laughs> you know, let's let's see it. I want him to lose. I want... I really... I Now, after seeing these advertisements and getting to know Mandela Barnes a little bit. I know I follow him on Twitter, Twitter this week. He has a good uh, yeah. TikTok too. Does he? Mm -hmm. I imagine. Yeah, I, follow his TikTok. And the fact that they're not 50 points apart, I just, I don't, anyway. That's another thing. I don't necessarily believe those polls. When you look at how much money the Koch brothers put into the Senate race, mm -hmm. polls and statistics can be very skewed. I've never been asked who I'm voting for. Do you know what I mean? Things like that, where it's like, sure. well, where are these polls coming from? I wasn't asked. Just saying. So please remain optimistic because it's important right now. But anyway, so, oh, and Tim Michaels, did you see him? The guy who was going against Tony Evers, our governor? Yes. Talking about how we're all lazy and don't want to go to work and like was talking about the COVID relief that hasn't been a thing for like two years. Even if it was a thing, it's like. Uh, we also, our unemployment rate is 3%. So this whole concept of people not wanting to get up off the couch, 3% of all of Wisconsin is unemployed. This is not about logic. It never was. It never it's was. not about logic. But the, also what I didn't know, so I know I looked into him because he's from here, right? They have what they want you to see because they have the money for the, those things to pop up first. He, same thing, handed the business from his dad. The stuff that's coming out about his business, too, is just atrocious. But he didn't even raise his kids here. He has some mega complex in Connecticut, which, again, it's like, how do you have this? My mom said it's absurd. Like, they did an aerial view of it. And he has a, also has a property in Michigan. 
but he claims to be, you know, from here. He technically is from here. I know I've mentioned this before, but he said that Evers is a career politician, even though Tim Michaels has run for office more times than Evers has. Yeah, he didn't even raise his kids here. So when that when he said that, I mean, people on Twitter are just losing it, which I'm glad because I didn't know that he raised his kids in Connecticut. You know what it's I mean? It's like the richest thing you could possibly do. I know. Oh, I don't it's, really want my kids to be raised with the, these people. Now, Evers came out. I mean, obviously, this was timed on purpose. We have the largest surplus in, like, Wisconsin history right now. Financial surplus? And so oh, okay. he's laid out this plan to disperse that to taxpayers. Sure. He wants to expand, you know, the child care tax, and he wants to expand Medicare benefits. He wants to have the cap on medicine. Like, all these things we can do because we have an absurd surplus right now. That's the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, they're going off a script because when he said that, uh, did you see the clip where he talks about people being lazy? I have not. Okay. Well, when you watch it, he's saying it and you can tell while he's saying it, he's realizing that it's not the right talking point. Cause he goes, I mean, they're not doing that anymore, but they're still not getting off the couch. Something like that, where it's like, you could tell like, there's just these. This isn't playing. This, this sound really great in the room with a bunch they of other people, no but not here. Yep. Yeah, they had no cards and they memorized them, and it was like you know high school debate class or something, and like they just had these note cards with points, and like they just had to say them at the right time. He had no actual plans. He just keeps saying the same thing over and over, and so Evers laid out this like four-page plan, and like this is where every cent is going. And so hopefully people actually, and also, why do we have that surplus? Because he's been our governor this whole time. Where do you think that money is going to go if this rich Yahoo, I just, I don't understand how it's so effective, but yeah, anyway, it has nothing to do with logic. No, does it really does No. I mean, I do know, because like I said, I, I know in my heart, A, we looked at the Powell memo, which we'll be talking about the defunding of education. It's been happening for decades. Obviously, these people have had these beliefs since the dawn of time, really, but, you know, our society. But they didn't have the influence they had until people were able to be seen as smart when they're not smart. And the reason that is, is because people who have money aren't necessarily smart, if that makes sense. Well, it does. I think along with a lot of things... uh we talk about reform, I think education is one of them. I honestly believe that education and economics, the academic study of both of those, are some of the most destructive perspectives we commonly run into, especially growing up, because we're not learning how to learn. We're, we're sort of learning how to behave within structures of power. And Uh, I think there's sort of a backdoor channel where people get to pretend that their lives are better when they are in a position, this weird bullying position, just in a nutshell, if I get to bully someone, I must be in a better spot. So I mean, and you say bully, and that's really important because it is, the bully isn't being told not to be a bully anymore. And I know through, through action and deed. Bullies, I, I think at one point, there was at least the mythology that a bully should, like, you should stand up to a bully and 
be like they should be told that they're not in the right well i'm not a parent but i mean when i think about the central activity of a growing mind attending school like that's mm -hmm. the big that's the the thing that we that your this brain is judging time the passage of time different relationships it's how you know who you are and who likes you and who validates most of the things that you're doing or doesn't validate it to spend this time in this space in a building where you're being told some things are important and then see how unimportant they actually are and yeah. you're being told this is how you behave but then seeing that you can actually do other things and get more out of that um mm -hmm. and then also you know teachers aren't really allowed to instruct individual students and they're also not given this actual authority to meet their students where they're at so yeah. it's really this like shell game of thinking and for everyone involved where yeah. you're just sort of like performing this dance of grades and testing and spending the correct amount of time doing this correct amount of approved activities I can't see what good is coming out of public education. I love public education, but if this were a business, it's like, what is the outcome we want? Mm -hmm. And that's not decided. Like that isn't, and more importantly, even if you could decide on it, who is the agent that's allowed to do that? Because parents will fight against the less, we're seeing parents fighting against lesson plans and truth and facts. We're oh seeing... yeah, there's, that meme is, has never been more, important now but where it's it's a, a kid with their parents in the 1960s and the teachers there and the parents are looking at the kids going mm -hmm. why did you get these grades and then it flashes to today it's a split screen and it's the parents with the kid and the teacher and the parents are yelling at the teacher why did my kid get these grades mm -hmm. and so it's that shift and my mom witnessed that too i mean she'd have parents run into her room screaming at her during class and nothing be done and, you know, things like yeah. that, where it's just like, there's, like you said, it's just, uh, it's out of control and it, everything needs to be structured in our society. And yes, public education needs to be one of them, but privatizing it's not going to do any good. No, so. no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm I know, saying I just don't want we, people, <laughs> we're not for privatizing and making schools into what their whole agenda. And that's, that's where I know, like I said, going back to it, that this is all stemming from the same thing. You defund education, you make it look really bad. Well, it's the public schools. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that's where you can tell all of it's it's all just a bunch of hooey. And this was all part of their plan. And I guarantee you, if we read more into that Powell dude, this is in there somewhere. As oh, far as yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It that he talked about getting into the uh textbooks and yeah. So back to Ron. <laughs> so right. Okay. So he graduates. He beats this, you know, love of his life, this billionaire's daughter, and moves to Oshkosh. And this is where the family plastics company, their headquarters is. So Johnson's father-in-law, let's talk about him for a second. His name's Howard Curler. And I love when I searched him, all that kept on popping up was people who do curling. Awesome. Like people named Howard who are curlers, which I also find strange that like Googling Howard Curler, like all of his information doesn't just pop up. But anyways, Howard Curler, quote, revolutionized cheese packaging. 
So you know that he was a big deal here. And he did that with their shrink wrap. So this shrink wrap innovation made him and his business partner extremely rich. And the company was called Kerwood, which I actually think is kind of cute because they could actually combine their two names as, you know, business partners. I actually think that's kind of cute. They then expanded their company shrink wrapping packaging to include coffee, candy, liquid products, personal care, medical products, and the list just keeps going and going and going. So their business just snowballed and they have manufacturing plants and sales offices located all across the U.S., Canada, Europe, and South America. So, you know, they're big. In 1977, this is the year that Ron graduated. I'm assuming his wife graduated the same year as him. I'm not really sure, but. Howard Curler set up his son, Patrick, with his own business, and that was PACOR, which stands for Patrick Curler. And so he built this business for his son, and their only customer was Curwood. It's dad's business. So not really a business, really, per se. But I want to go back quickly, because like I said, Ron graduated in 1997. studies at the U. It doesn't say for how long because he didn't actually end up getting a master's degree. But something tells me that in 1977, when Howard set up this company for Patrick, that kind of made him realize that he doesn't actually have to pursue any more schooling. (laughs) So again, Ron Johnson joined this company in 1979 and he worked for Patrick and their only customer was his father's company. So in the mid-1980s, Pat Curler left the business that was named for him. Okay. I'm not sure why, but then that's when Johnson became CEO. Of Packer. Yes. Which, again, their only customer. Yep. It's like a shell company. So in 1987, the Curler family sold Packer. I don't even know how to say it. Packer. I don't know. Who cares? Terrible name. Other one was great. Uh, to Bowwater Industries for $18 million. And Johnson remained the company's CEO. In 1997, Johnson purchased Packer from Bowwater and he remained the CEO until he was elected in the Senate in 2010. So he and, sold it to them and then he bought it back? Well, the no. family sold it and then uh, he bought it back, apparently. Okay. I know. So, <laughs> A, though, I would like to know why Pat. Curler left the company when he did. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot Especially of questions. When named after him. So regardless, though, Johnson was corporate CEO by the late 80s, not by working his way from the ground up and starting his own business, but as Mandela Barnes said, the most important words or whatever that he ever said were I do. Oh, and guess who he's a big guess which author he's a big fan of? Oh, of course he is. <laughs> I do need to get a, I do need to get a wall of just her at the top and then just like trickle down. I ran, of course. (laughs) All right. So his love for Rand was very publicized in 2013. Quote, the usually media shy U.S. Senator, media shy because he knows he's a charlatan, decided to give a lengthy interview to the Atlas Society a group whose job is to keep the flame of Ayn Rand alive. Oh, it's alive and well. (laughs) I didn't even know, though, that there was, I mean, I knew that they had, you know, their thing, but that they actually have conventions. It's like Comic-Con. Of course they do, because it's all about individuality and individual growth and being the strongest individual you can. So let's get together. We'll make this group. 
we'll share ideas and resources and we'll get other people to join. Brilliant. So Mary Batari, who writes this article, wrote, quote, when asked by the interviewer, what do you see as the differences between your ideas and the ideas of Ayn Rand? Johnson replied, quote, I'm not sure there are too many differences, end quote. And this author writes, where to begin? Well, Rand was an atheist who supported abortion rights so much that she refused to support Ronald Reagan in, the 19, in 1980, denouncing him, quote, for taking us back to the Middle Ages and quote, the God family tradition swamp, end quote. So I know I've mentioned before how Jesus is the mascot and not the coach. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like that's the same with Rand. And I'd like to look into her more because that's very interesting. She really does seem more like the mascot at this point. <laughs> because like, if she's believing in that, what do you think she'd be saying right now about their agenda? And using her, touting her as their go-to for their um ideology yeah well they were using her when she was alive i mean i know that's the other thing i can't pop up but this other one is a screenshot of ron johnson and ayn rand it's just the whole page he's a big fan something else i found though too is paul ryan you know yeah make him here he was a big fan of hers and then came out around the same time saying that he can no longer aligned with her thinking because she was an atheist. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Anyways. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry, I'm allergic to Ayn Rand. <laughs> I, uh, it's okay. I, I hope the next time I bring it. her up, like you're just going to sneeze before I say it. Yeah, yeah. Again, they all cite her and I love it. All right, so let's dive into the life of Senator Ron Johnson. Quote, based on the ranges provided in Johnson's personal financial disclosures, his wealth has likely doubled since running for the Senate in 2010, end quote. Now, in a previous episode, we reminded people of that monumental court case that occurred in 2010. So, you know, Johnson has some of that sweet, sweet cock money. And that pun is intended, that the Johnson has the cock money. Mm, <laughs> mm, gobble, gobble, gobble. So the Koch Brothers Network pledged to spend $1 billion in 2016 just for Ron Johnson's campaign. No way. Yes. Okay. All the sources are linked. Ron Johnson was described as, quote, a model senator at a Coke summit, according to a Politico reporter, Ken Vogel. And why do you think it's he's a model senator? Because he's a corporate CEO for a toxic company, <laughs> much like coal and oil. Well, they also, he, he's kind of a shill. I mean, anyway, I, I don't know. They all are. Yeah. It's kind of, the, well, that's, that's who you can buy. Yeah. You can't have somebody with integrity. Now, the amount of money that the Koch brothers and the Koch industry pumped into Wisconsin is insane. We That's bring insane. this up all the time. It's been him. It's Tim Michaels. And you know what I really do at the end of the day is that we have some resources here that they really need, and they need to buy our state. Because as yeah. much as people like rag on Wisconsin, you know, as far as resources, it's pretty abundant if you will i'm kind of surprised they don't put more into minnesota though tell you the truth well i think wisconsin's also the, this term gets thrown around but i think it the purple status of wisconsin is mm. is interesting uh i don't know enough about this but it's certainly teeters 
in a lot mm -hmm. of different directions. And yeah. uh, if suddenly when you look at it as a game too, it's like a for them, it's a fun game to play. Right. We look, look at this cheaters. as a game. Uh, I don't know what it is in Risk, but it's like yeah, like Germany. If you take Germany, you yeah, you win. Yeah. Yeah, oh. they could they could actually have like a Risk board game in their corporate billionaire layer where they are like, oh, okay, I got well, the chance of this. They have, and it's called the Supreme Court. <laughs> I mean, I that's. But a boom, God. That's like getting to be the banker, and I don't. It's absurd. Yeah. I honestly, the only focus, and this is what really pains me, is the only focus we should be really happening from both sides. It's just all a distraction. Is no corporate influence in Washington, a salary cap, absolutely no lobbying money, and no stock trading. I'm so I yeah. That's what our focus great. should be. Anyways, so it's not. It's clearly not working. Like yeah, clearly. <laughs> well, it's or it's working. For some working it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who is this working it's, for? It's and... working for some people. <laughs> exactly. Ah. Uh, anyways, so Koch brothers pledged to spend almost one billion in 2016 for Ron Johnson's campaign. Okay. Now that's what they pledged. I don't know what they actually put into it, but. There's also uh, one of the link source watch they have like a whole breakdown. So if you really want to look into the logistics of it, you can. Now, this is what I love. <laughs> the Koch brothers loved Wisconsin so much that, quote, on June 3rd, 2016, Ron Johnson attended the grand opening of Americans for Prosperity field office in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, end quote. They put one of those, <laughs> I can't even handle it. So maybe that's why my mom thinks they're from here because they started building propaganda offices in Oshkosh. Quote, during his initial campaign, Johnson promised to place his assets in a blind trust to ensure that he would legislate in the public interest instead of padding his own bottom line. That did not happen, of oh course. <laughs> instead, he increased the value of his assets through official actions, such as leveraging his position in the Senate to lower taxes to pass through businesses like, surprise, PACOR in the 2017 tax bill. They all need to go to jail. Yeah. Johnson had made as much as $24.2 million from pass-through entities between 2009 to 2018, end quote. Yeah, why is that legal? And don't you just love how, like, it's so, that's the other thing, too, is this notion of just being able to say whatever and not follow through. Yeah. No accountability. So that's actually, so that's something that, oh, gosh, who was it? Oh, he's something Norton. He's British. Graham, Graham Norton. Norton. Yeah. He made a very good point because both sides keep talking about cancel culture. And he's like, right. we need to stop calling it cancel culture. It's accountability. Right. And that's what it's about. It's about accountability. The whole concept of accountability is just not there for certain I think people. I think that's what people are voting for. Yeah. The, the Democratic brand of fuck accountability has lost all of its power. It's like, oh, yeah, we can just keep things going the way that they have been. That's lost all its power. You can't have record stock mm -hmm. investments and profits. Yep. As the leader of this of the of Congress, as the third and second in line for the president of the United States, and um, you need to be held accountable. So that's not working anymore. But I think the Repu on the Republican side, on the fascist side, this is what people are voting for: is this ability to say because they don't want to be held accountable either. The people no who are voting for it, they don't want to be held accountable. 
they think that they're going to slide into the umbrella of unaccountability, which is what white is, which that's what white supremacy is. Yeah, but they're snake oil salesmen. They're not going to. (laughs) That's the thing that they're not getting is the people who are duping them don't actually care about them. They're just a prop. Quote, shortly after the legislation passed, which again, increased PACOR, what a stupid name. Well, no one was meant to actually say it out loud. I, mean, I know. <laughs> I, 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 it exists on invoice. business increased value. Johnson began seeking a buyer for his stake in the company. You're going to love this. Johnson finally sold his stock in Packer on March 2nd, 2020, right before states locked down and markets began to sink due to COVID-19. Who did he sell it to? Okay. But, of course, right after he received a closed-door briefing of the virus's danger. Yeah. So the profits from the sale of his company may have been as high as $25 million, significantly more than the $1 to $5 million Johnson estimated his stake in the company was worth in 2017, before he used his position to make the company more profitable. Gross. So he used his Senate seat. Mm-hmm. Only for himself and for the Koch brothers, of course, because they're the ones who told him how to do all this. You think he knew how to do this on his own? Let me just throw this thought out. I mm-hmm. want I don't know where, where to put this. This is sort of jumping back to him marrying into this family. What is it like to marry into a billionaire's family? And, to be demasculated like that? And, and But then flip it. What is it like to be a billionaire and then have, what do you expect from someone who's mm-hmm. marrying into your wealth. Yeah. Like what is what is your demand on them? And it's not small. Like it's not un, it's it's not like oh just find someone who really like treats you like well. Like who that you did, love. Yeah. That did not happen. That did that does not happen. There are legitimately people who are trying to just weave their way in. And I would actually wonder if they think that everyone is trying to weave their way in, but like who's willing to to weave in the way that's profitable or useful or aligns with what they want. You know how we talked about how Clarence's whole career mm-hmm. is that chip on his shoulder and trying to prove to himself that he's not average? Sure. That's what Ron Johnson is. At the end of the day, Ron Johnson is a white man who, in his mind, it's like Tucker Carlson, too, how Tucker Carlson's actually Swanson, an heir to sure. the Swanson throne. They need that mythology of what they spew as who they are, which they're not, to be real. This is him proving that he didn't need any of that. He can make all this money on his own type of thing. That's the, that's the vibe I'm getting, is it's this inadequacy. And it, like I said, with Clarence, too, and this is just like this energy in general, is like proving that you're not as inadequate as absolutely you, know, you are. Absolutely. <laughs> and again, like we've said, not doing it by doing the work because you but can't none do of that. that it's is not important. saying like being an, that's what I mean. It's like being a quote, like inadequate person is a societal perception. Yeah. You decide whether or not you're inadequate. It's this idea of like having to prove to themselves that they're not. Yeah. And using millions of people as just like props. Have you? seen are you watching white lotus have you seen white lotus i haven't even on heard hbo of it. 
Is it about white males who are delicate flowers? <laughs> so, in some ways. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's it's about a resort. It's kind of like an anti-love boat. Okay. It's about a resort. Different people go to this resort and they they may or may not learn something about themselves. One of the storylines is a, a newlywed couple, a woman who was a journalist. She was a very, what's the word I'm looking for? Not aggressive, but uh, ambitious journalist. But she however, I would like to note that people do interpret a woman Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, Isn't yeah, that interesting that that's the word that was most uh, available to me rather yeah. than ambitious? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, it's, it's how you're led to think. I'm in America. This is America. I'm, yeah. yeah. As, are these real, real people? It's no, it's a, it's okay. a really great drama. Anyway, okay. long story short, beautiful, ambitious reporter marries into a billionaire family Ooh, and I would like this. she is struggling with this notion of am i just a trophy wife like am i and the answer is yes she is not supposed to work like she wants to find a good story she wants to have a legacy she wants to get her fingers dirty and and dig into the meat of something that no one else has found but then her mother who just shows up on her honeymoon is like why are you doing this like and then her husband is also like this is really not what you're supposed to be doing you're you need like you could find your time on spend some time on some boards or Mm -hmm. uh, start a foundation but you why would you want a job i so through this whole story long long story short which is too late i'm just picturing all of the selling and buying and of this company is like, yeah, you're not really supposed to work, dude. We're gonna give you this company and then we'll buy it and then you can sell part of it when you need some cash, but it's not really like There's definitely more to this job. because they just have it be this, you know, and like I said, one of the sources, I mean, it's, it's very detailed about all the money and where it's going and right all i'm saying is this job is not really his job his job is actually something else which is what i think we're seeing him doing which is like he's basically proving that all of their bullshit isn't bullshit which is what i think you've been saying is like and again because the Koch brothers said quote they're paying for validation he that's his his job is to validate they said ron johnson's quote a model senator he is a model senator for what they want so when people are voting, mm-hmm. this is what they want our entire country to be. 100%. They said the quiet part out loud. You're yeah. right. He is a model senator for your agenda. And that's scary because of what he just did. So when you find out how disastrous this virus is going to be, your main focus is how can I make as much of a profit before it hits? Great for so, business. Yeah, great for business. <laughs> And let us not forget, too, Johnson's allegiance to Donald Trump and his links to Russian information, Russian misinformation. So from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, quote, the FBI in August 2020, months before the election, warned Johnson that he could be a target for Russian disinformation. But Johnson dismissed that warning as a ploy because Johnson, quote, has also looked into whether Ukraine had interfered in the 2016 election which I kind of forgot about 
that whole scenario that Trump was trying to say. U.S. intelligence agencies determined Russia intervened in the 2016 election and that Russia tried to blame the election interference on Ukraine, end quote. So you're repeating Russian talking points. Yes. So this is my favorite quote. This is Johnson talking. Quote, I asked the briefers what specific evidence they had regarding this warning, and they couldn't provide me with anything other than generalized warnings, end quote. You don't understand they can't give you specifics because they don't know whether or not you are already working for them. And when they give you that information, then Russia can figure out who the source is. No, they're not going to give you specifics. Do you understand what their job is? So this is a problem that I'm really frustrated with, and it's that they can't actually do this part of their job. If I was an analyst and I behaved like that, if I was somehow connected to whatever and I'm sort of poking around and being like, oh, well, you think I might be a spy? That's so crazy. Can you tell me exactly why you think I'm a spy? Give me specifics and so I can... being an agent, yeah, being an agent doesn't mean necessarily that I'm a spy or yes. that I'm pro whatever. It's like, uh, have you ever seen The Americans? I started it and it's funny because there was so a... So good. Yeah, there's something that popped up and I'm like, man, I never finished that. So I'd love oh, to... so good. Yeah. There's a bunch of people in that who are like, oh, sh-. like, then they think about it. They were like, yeah, I should have known this. And maybe in a way I did know this, but... I was working for them the whole time and they don't know. You don't necessarily yeah. know. You're just being used. So True. Why I would not have a job. I would not have a job. I would be deeply investigated. My finance would be would be investigated. Yep. I might go to jail. But we can't seem to do that for Trump and All right. So they intervened in 2016, right? Saying, "Hey dude, like yeah. you're clearly a target." And you're using Russian talking points. Someone is feeding you these talking Somebody's points. Somebody's feeding you this saying, wow, check this out. We need to find out who's doing that. Sure, I but mean, what they, about... I mean, granted, it was on Facebook everywhere, too. But... So how about this? Quote, Johnson has also been criticized by opponents for his 2018 trip to Russia with congressional Republicans, which he spent serious? the July 4th holiday in Russia. Yeah. It's the most American thing you could do. I read that, and I'm like... What message is that sending that you spend July 4th in Russia? Yeah, I don't care either way for that holiday, but the notion that you're a senator and you're it's a message. in the machine, you're sending yeah. a message. Yeah, there's some signification wrapped up in that signifier. And with all that, yet somehow he's an office. Again, the fact that his office tried to hand deliver fake votes and he somehow is still in office. I cannot wrap my head around that. I don't understand. I do understand this. If this were really about a competition of or the placement of effective leaders, he would just step down and the Republican Party would find a one of the many competent, strong. There are competent Republicans. Like, for uh, the uh, uh, like deeply visioned Yes. Leaders and they would back them, and but they don't. They ram these individuals these because because it's not well, because about... they're following the blueprint. Like we're yes. going back to that Powell memo. At the end of the day, it's following a script. It's following a blueprint, and it's the same with these yahoos when when they're saying these talking points that make no sense because they're just memorizing stuff 
It's the same with this blueprint. They this need, is yes. what they need to follow this because that's the model. And hence Johnson being a model senator. He is a model senator for their agenda. So for anyone listening in Wisconsin, for the love of God, vote for Mandela Barnes this November, please. And as he said in one of his campaign videos, we can't change Washington if we don't change the people we send there. And that's so true. So true. You were going to say something. What were you going to say? No, that's uh, that. I love it. I just love it. And it's your reminder that the cult of corporation will always have power and control over everything if the people making the decisions for everyday Americans like us in Washington benefit from corporate power reigning supreme. So please keep that in mind when you're voting and for the love of God, vote. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.